This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Steelers Blitz on SNR. Going to get to your tweets in a few minutes. Last chance to get them in at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. We're also going to have a Hall of Honor conversation here in just a second. Uh, we're going to turn things over once again to those geniuses known as Stan Saverin and Merrill Hodge as they break down some candidates from uh, the best decade ever, the 90s, mm-hmm, if I do mm-hmm. say so myself, Arthur Motes. But first, we got to you know, finish the draft story here. This is what we do. Into round four. Is he available? All right. So just to remind everybody, we took Tevin Jenkins first round. Mm-hmm. Second round, we got Javante Williams. We got the running back, right? And then in the third round, we addressed some of the interior offensive line. We went Kendrick Green, the guard out of Illinois. Our big question was in the fourth round, a guy that we like, we don't love, but we like, Jamin Davis out of Kentucky. Would he still be available at pick 128? Arthur Motes, and the answer is yes. Oh, well, there you go. That's the pick. <laughs> that's the pick that's right the pick. there. And so you come away with, you know, your, your first four picks, I think, are really the, you know, that's the pedigree. That's yeah. the that's where you better hit. That's where you better do well. You come away with tackle, running back, guard, and off-ball linebacker. Motesy, sign me up. That's a win. That uh, that's that'll, a win. That'll do it for our mock draft. Two, Steelers Blitz mock draft 2.0. That is a win if that happens. That is a win, is a win, is a win. Motsi, we'll, we'll have to do this again next week, 3.0. And then, yes, we'll, do, then we'll do 4.0, of course. Um, you know, before we get to the actual thing, three weeks from today. Motsi, we're going to get to tweets here. We got some rolling in. Uh, but before we do, it's time to have our weekly Hall of Honor conversation, folks. Time is running out. Uh, this is it, actually, Arthur. Yes, this is going to be yes. our last. Well, next time we talk about the Hall of Honor, we'll be talking about who's, who's going who to be enshrined. Yeah. Because tomorrow is the last day to vote. All right? So if you haven't cast your vote yet for who you want to be inducted in the Steelers 2021 Hall of Honor class, get on the Steelers website. Get your vote casted. Let your voice be heard. Because tomorrow's a deadline. Tomorrow's the last day to vote. Then uh, then Stan Saverin, Merrill Hodge, Bob Labriola, everybody who's a part of this committee, they're going to meet. They're going to look at those uh, the, that voting and those nominations. And they're going to decide who is going to get inducted into this Hall of Honor class, which will be announced sometime this spring or summer and of course that always takes place you know around training camp sometime in there and we're all you know obviously very hopeful that the training camp's going to look more like the the fan interactive experience training camp uh this july and august as we're getting towards the end of this this pandemic thing uh certainly more so than it felt last year mm-hmm. without a doubt so mozi as you and i like to do we are going to be back here in just a moment to holler about our favorite 90s candidates and to answer your tweets. But quickly, here's a few minutes from some guys who were Merrill Hodge, part of the team in the 90s, Stan Saverin, been covering the team since well before the 90s. Here's what they think about the 1990s era candidates for the Pittsburgh Steelers Hall of Honor.
Hello everyone in Steelers Nation, I'm Stan Saverin, nice to have you with us. We are in the process of getting nominees for this year's Steelers Hall of Honor induction class for 2021, but we cannot do it alone. We are asking, we need your help. We're asking you to nominate players who should be considered for induction to this year's class. It's very easy to do, and again, we're relying upon your help. All you have to do is go to Steelers.com or use your Steelers mobile app or you can actually offer comments in the comments section as we continue along. And here to help us discuss some of those players that you've already nominated is former Steeler running back Merrill Hodge. Merrill, thanks for being with us. Great to see you again. My pleasure, Stan. Always good to see you, buddy. Thank you, sir. Uh, we're going to move up uh, guys that you played with toward the end of your years uh, with the Steelers uh, in the 1990s. And a guy I wanted to start with, uh, second round draft pick, Levon Kirkland from Clemson. The thing that's, I mean, he played here a very long time. He, he should have been, I thought, the AFC Defensive Player of the Year. He was a Pro Bowl player. He was an All-Pro player. And the thing that struck me about Levon as an inside guy in that 3-4, he was listed at 275. That was before breakfast. I mean, Levon, there were times Levon, he was pushing three bills, but oh man, could he move. He was remarkable in that regard. Stan, I'll tell you this. Um, when he was drafted, we went to training camp. He locked it right next to me. And I remember he walked in, he sat down, and I, I was just like, well, what position you play? When he said linebacker, I said, no way. I was like, <laughs> when I saw him, it was like a defensive line. Now, people who don't know, LeVon Kirk was one of the kindest. I mean, we still have a, a friendship. We talk every – he works at Clemson now. Uh, he's, a, he's a super guy. But I was like, there ain't no way. There's no way. Then we went out to practice, and we tried to, we, we started doing these one-on-one -on -one drills. And I, I haven't told – I said, Bill, this ain't fair. I was saying, fair, man. You can't, we can't block LeVon Kirkland. I said, that's not even, that's not even fair. We're not going to be around long enough to play in on Sunday if we have to do these drills. But he was an absolute beast from a run perspective. And, you know, you, you mentioned his size. Don't think for a second he couldn't drop into coverage. And he wasn't a weak link there either. He was not a weak link. He could move. He could move in, in ways that you would never dream a linebacker that size can move but when you talk about an absolute force a complete game changer a uh, hey the opponent is like this guy is going to be a problem we need to take care of this guy that was LeVon Kirkland well what a group of linebackers that was you know so many you know tandems and groups of linebackers yeah. that group in the 90s they were spectacular LeVon just to give you an idea he was a member of the NFL's all-decade team and I remember one game in particular I can't tell you who they played against he intercepted a pass 35 yards downfield. Think about that. And he was probably over 290 at that point. Um, and as you mentioned, uh, he's in coaching. He coached a high school team in South Carolina and, and a wonderful guy. Uh, wonderful guys certainly have been part of the Steelers tradition. And this gentleman was also a major part and also a member of the NFL's all-decade team from the 90s. And I'm talking about Carnell Lake. Carnell Lake, of course, was drafted out of UCLA. He was a linebacker there. They transitioned to safety. He was an all-pro there, a Pro Bowl guy there. But what really struck me, Merrill, was 1995. Rod Woodson gets hurt in the opening game. They switch Carnell to the corner, and he still is a Pro Bowl player. Yep. Um, and Stan, right there, tells you, if you know anything about how difficult 
it is to play corner after you've played safety. That's not usually how it goes. Keep in mind, Rod Woodson went from corner, a Hall of Fame corner, and moved. then he moved to safety. And by the way, Rod probably could have been a Hall of Famer at safety too. But the transition usually isn't safety to corner. It's corner to safety. So that transition, when it happened, I think speaks the most um, about Carnell Lake in his football skills. You know, when he came in, um, we knew right away, I mean, that that their, our safety position had changed um, based on not just his ability to play in all phases, but he was a savvy guy. I mean, he was so smart. Um, you know, one thing, I, Carnell Lake and I had a golf tournament together. We we launched the caring place together and the caring, the grieving center for a long, for a long time in Pittsburgh. And um, uh, when he come, when he converted back to corner, I remember we were talking one day and he's like, Hey, do you know how long I can play this game? If I play on the corner position versus the safety position, he goes, I hardly ever get hit out there, but I'd never even thought about that. I was like, I just thought everybody kind of played physical. Like uh, running backs are always, you know, sore after games. He's like, man, I don't, I have I can play like this for another 10 years as long as I keep my speed up. He goes, I can play out there forever. I never even thought about that. I was like, see, like, I'd never even thought about that. But that transition to me, Stan, this makes him as unique a player as there was, not just in steel history, but maybe, you know, NFL history, because that just doesn't happen every day. Heck, it's a great point you make about switching from corner to safety versus the other way around. And one of the things that struck me when Bill Cower asked him, I'll put ask in quotes, never a peep. Players today might say, I don't want to play there. It's not my natural position. Uh, and, and he's a Pro Bowl guy. Um, he is a member of the Steelers all-time team. And, of course, he was a Steelers secondary coach under Mike Tomlin until just a couple of years ago. And a wonderful, wonderful gentleman. Uh, yes. And we, we talk about Steelers linebackers. Here's another one. Jason Gilden, a third-round pick out of Oklahoma State. Uh, here's a guy who had the Steelers team sack record until James Harrison broke it again. He's tall, 6'4", long, rangy, could drop in coverage, uh, a great athlete and just a tremendous linebacker. And that's not easy to say when you're included, when you consider the history and the litany of great Steelers linebackers. Yeah, I think, you know, you know, you can give, you can say, hey, 6'4", 265, 6'3", 255, 6'6", whatever the dimensions are. There's very few people that are imposing, though. You know, and Jason Gill, like, when he would stand out there, he was like, he's just imposing. I mean, that right there. And then now, can you back that look? You know, there's some players you want to get off the bus, but then you don't want them playing. <laughs> okay, well, Jason Gill is a guy, get off the bus, and he's going to be the first one on the field because he's going to wreck your game. Uh, I think that his versatility, his, his completeness, which – you know, we're going to repeat that a little bit, but that's why they're on the list, but honestly, that's what made them so special. You can't really be one-dimensional and be considered really great. And I think Jason Gilden could do and did do it all, but he had, he, he had that look, that imposing look where, like, you're for the, if you're in the huddle with the, uh, the offense to your opponent, you look peeking out going, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> He could do it, and he too got into coaching. In fact, until recently, he was the head coach of Pittsburgh North Catholic and had a yeah. very good record, 17-6. and six. In fact, he, uh, for a while, coached Joey Porter's son, who's now at Penn State. Again, Merrill and I urge you to participate. 
Uh, we're just throwing out some names here that some of you have already nominated, but we want to get your nominations. And again, you can do that by going to the Steelers.com site or also use your Steelers mobile app and offer your nominations for the Steelers Hall of Honor class of 2021. Merrill, thanks so much for being here. Great for you to share all your stories of guys that you played with and fought with and bled with for all those years. Thanks, Merrill. Thanks, Dan. Okay, and thanks to all of you watching in Steelers Nation. There they are. The Godfather Stan Saverin, former Pittsburgh Steeler Merrill Hodge. Love listening to those two chat. You know, Motsi, I'm... Yeah, it could be us one day. I mean, I'm it just, could be, man. I'm just saying. I mean, you got the ex NFL player. You got the guy who's been doing the media stuff forever. It could be us one day. How hey, about man. that? You know, I ain't got nothing but time, baby. <laughs> As always, if you want to, uh, if you want to watch that video, right? Um, we don't play a ton of audio here on the show, but pretty much all of it that we do play is always from Steelers.com and mm. is available in video form as well. So, you know, you heard them talk about LaVon Kirkland and Carnell Lake and Jason Gilden. There's highlights playing while they talk about them on the Steel. On, you know, if, so if you want to see that, Steelers.com. And again, that's where you go to vote on your Steelers mobile app as well. Motsi, man, those are names. Kirkland, Lake, Gilden. My goodness. Like, it is, even in the 90s, right, in the scope of the Rod Woodsons mm-hmm. and the Kevin Greens. You know, and if we want to talk about Damani Dawson on the offensive side of the football, yeah. like like Hall of Fame all timers, right? You can sometimes gloss over Kirkland, Lake, Gilden. I mean, those are those are some studs we were just talking about. Absolutely, there. and like when you just think about that generation, the talent. Oh, it's insane. And we're you like you and I are sitting here and then just Crazy. watching them just just murder yes, some yes. dudes. No, like watching, literally, literally. Watching, <laughs> watching Jason Gilden just tear Curtis Martin's head off and just just <laughs> kill Ryan Leaf out there. Like, man, those and, are the and, days. And that was applauded. Those were the days. That's normal. The nineties, man. Yes. The, the, the des- golden era of football. The golden, the golden era of life. The yes. best decade ever. The nineties. Um, obviously, Levon Kirkland and Jason Gilden. Those two. I mean, they are in the in the pantheon of Steelers linebackers, right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 easy sometimes to get caught up in all that greatness. Those two definitely deserve a shout. But how about Cardinal Lake too? Like when we were listening to that, you and I uh, both kind of looked at each I'm other. I'm a big C Lake guy, man. Dude, he what he was able to do, and and I know Merrill Hodge touched on this, but this was a guy you know who was a Pro Bowler. And again, remember, this was when you know Pro Bowlers really meant something yes, still yeah, too. not a popularity contest dude's a pro bowler is a strong safety all of a sudden rod woodson goes down and he's like yeah i, I got this moves the corner in his late 20s <laughs> and is a pro bowler and the steelers go to the stinking super bowl crazy like he was an all pro in his career he was a five-time pro bowler uh all, like pro bowler at safety and at corner all pro at corner it's just insane. You look at his numbers, Motsi. Carnell, like, in 10 years with the Steelers. And remember, this is a different time, too. Very <laughs> different back then. Like, 10 years with the Steelers, 16 interceptions, 15 forced fumbles, 734 tackles. Say that in break game. <laughs> 734 tackles. That's insane. In 10 years. <laughs> and, 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 and three of those 10 years, he was playing as a corner, not right. as a strong safety. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's like, crazy. <laughs> It's 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 just it's just absolutely unreal. Carnell Lake, yeah, again, when, when we talk about Troy Polamalu and Mel Blunt, right, and Donnie Shell and Rod mm-hmm. Woodson, sometimes it, it's understandable why that Carnell Lake can get caught up in all that greatness. 
But all three of those guys deserve a shout, Motsi, for yes, sure. Yes, indeed. Yes, sure. indeed, man. I'm glad that they're able to get these flowers while they're still here, Absolutely. too. That's, that's the beauty part, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Because we did just see one of the you know one yes. of these 90s legends. Absolutely, Unfortunately, Kevin man. Green, you know, we just tragically saw yeah. him pass not too long ago. Yeah, you, you've always been a you know mm-hmm. give guys their roses while they you never know man while while they're still around because you never know. Uh, Motsi, before we move on here, do you have a a favorite '90s Steeler, or is there someone from the '90s that you want to give a shout to that that you know is is not Kirkland or Lake or Gildan? You said it's not those guys. I know it's it's tough. Mine's mine's Yancey Thigpen. Yes, he was cool. Yes, he Yancey cool. was okay. my, when I was a kid. He, I know he only played for the Steelers for six cool. years. He was my guy, though. He was a Pro Bowler that you okay. know that '95 season uh, when the Steelers went to the Super Bowl, over 1,300 yards receiving that year. Motsi. Um in his entire Steelers career, six years, uh, over 3,600 yards receiving, scored 21 touchdowns. I like Yancey. I, 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 I like, can't go two, wrong with Yancey. Two-time Pro Bowler. I don't know if he'll ever get into the Hall of Honor. Maybe he All does right. one of these years. But I know, I, I know who I go with. He, he's my '90s guy. I loved Yancey. And obviously, like we talk yeah. about Kevin Green and Raw and all these guys. But for but me, I'm going Greg Lloyd. Greg Lloyd's a great. I'm going Greg Lloyd. Greg Lloyd. You said not that those guys that we already named. Right. I would go Greg. Man, in terms of just mean nastiness. Wasn't the biggest of linebackers out there, but you already knew what his intentions were as soon as he pulled up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scary. <laughs> All right, Motsi. Uh, before we get to the tweets here, real quick, one last thing that I wanted to bounce off of you. Did you see the James Conner news? I did not. Apparently, he's in discussions with the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. Because okay. we all know, right? That's where you're supposed to go. When, when you're done with Pittsburgh, you go out to <laughs> Pittsburgh West. Everybody knows this. It didn't take me. It, listen, it didn't take me long to learn. That I was here four years. They say, hey, go to Pittsburgh West when you're done here. Okay, cool. I'm going to Pittsburgh West. Peasy did it. Everybody does it. I mean, it, it's, you do what you're supposed to do. It, it, even J.J. Watt tried to get in on the, on the Pittsburgh West circum, uh, uh, you know, sweet stakes. He even was like, you know what? I'm going to skip the Pittsburgh. I'm going to go right to Pittsburgh West. It is what it is. It is what it is. It is. It's cool. Oh, let's get to these tweets, Motsi. What do you say? <laughs> at Wesley Uller at the Body 52. The Body. Uh, Tim tweets here. What up, Tim? He, first, first time? Huh? First, is, is, I think it, so. Is, 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 Tim? Welcome. Well, I don't have to use that twice in one day. There it is. Uh, Said John Clayton just said that Big Ben is going to play two more seasons. Thoughts? And what's that relate to the quarterback carousel here? I mean, I can see it happening just because of the way the contract is set up and what they're going to need to do from a cap standpoint. If if that's true, if he's relayed that to the Steelers, Mm -hmm. then they ain't ain't taking a quarterback. Yeah, you wouldn't take a quarterback. First or second round. Yeah. Who knows? John Clayton is a connected guy, certainly. I feel like it's going to be one of those things. Let's be honest, right? Ben didn't know what he was going to do after this season. Exactly. You saw the you saw the sideline. You saw him in Pouncey. Listen, John those Clayton. Guys, John Clayton. Yeah, ben has doesn't said, know exactly when he's going to retire. Wasn't John Clayton the same one saying that Buzz going to take a one year six million dollar yeah, deal? Yeah, right. Yeah, one year seven or eight million dollar like, deal. Yeah. I'm 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 cool yeah. with John talking about what's about to happen in the next two years. Let's let's get through this year. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah, yeah, because for a while it was some question marks if Ben even wanted to come back or if he was going to come back. Right. We didn't even know about this year for a while. Right. We saw him and Pouncey crying on the sideline. We thought, wow, man, that could really yeah. be it. I think that's well said by you. Let's uh, let's just take it one day at a time. Uh, Arb Bracey. What's up, Arb Bracey? Uh, he's got three questions for us, okay? If it ain't a three-pack, we don't want it. Two are either-or Steelers players conversations. The third one's a food question, so this is right up Okay, it is. Did you not love that? You just mentioned Greg Lloyd, Arthur Motes. Uh-huh. It's funny how this stuff works sometimes. Arb Bracey wants to know, Greg Lloyd or T.J. Watt? I'm biased. I got to go TJ. Yeah. 
I mean, that's um, that's a tough one to be. Yeah. It's a guy who has a really good shot to win NFL Defensive Player of the yeah. Year in his career. Yeah, <laughs> strong possibility. We love Greg Lloyd, but yeah, TJ is. But I think it's it's a different conversation also because we're trying to compare a guy whose career is finished versus a guy that's who's on the rise in his career. Because if we're just based on right now accolades alone, well, yeah, you go with Greg Lloyd, the longevity, and sure. he has more of those accolades. Sure. But we all know the trajectory that TJ is on, and I think that's the difference in terms of this conversation right here. I think that's well said. Jerome Bettis or Lev Bell? Oh, I know where Moats is going on this one. That's his boy. I mean, come on, Lev Bell, that's, that's, his, that's his boy. <laughs> are you, what, are you thinking about Jerome, though? Because Bus is my guy, too. I just True. play with one, that's all. But, See, but the other one is like I'm more connected with personally, okay. you know what I mean? Okay. I, uh, I'm going to go with Lev Bell. You want to know why? Here's the difference. Uh, here we go. Because I, 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 I love both guys. 36 and 26, baby. Yes. Love yes. them both. Yes. Um, Lev Bell did not go to Notre Dame. That's the difference for me. All right, give me Lev I'll go L. Bell because he got me out of some stadiums. Realistically <laughs> got me out. But you know, Bussy, that's my guy. If that's I'm, that's if my I'm guy, hairs, guy, I'm though. splitting hairs. Like, like, I mean, Michigan State listen, over Notre Dame. I don't think you realize, like, just a little backstory, right? So I told you when I was um, playing at JMU and even when I was in, uh, in high school, I was never the like vocal guy I right. hated yes, we, being the guy to that talk yep. so I would always watch NFL films to get you know alright let me hear this guy I will always watch Ray Lewis Ray he Lewis. always have a cool cool yep. cool he always saying yep. stuff but one of these times I was watching and they had Jerome Bettis up there and he hit him with the oh wait do you get a load of me let me tell you was that your line let me tell you how many times I've dropped that <laughs> oh my god wait till you get a load of me Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Every time he says it. You've shared this with Jerome since. Funny thing is, I have not. Really? Every time I'm around him, I always forget about it because we always get to laughing and sure, talk about and whatever. Kids, right, the right. Has, yeah. But that, you know what? That's going to be on my list to do next time I see him. Like, yo, I got to tell you this. But for a fact, I, and even to this day, whenever they play that clip on NFL films, I instantly get hyped. Where do you get a load of me? goes up there and just kills him. Oh, my God. Makes me so happy, man. Can, can we say both? Better Sir Bell? Can, can, I, can we, I get them both, can please? We say both? Yeah, okay. both of those guys. And then the food question. Uh-oh, here we go. Uh, our Bracey is right up our alley today. Baby backs or spare ribs, fellas? I'm a baby back guy. Both, but baby backs. Yeah, I'm a baby yeah. back guy. A little more tender. Yes. A little less fatty. Yes. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a baby back. I like both. Yes. I'm a baby backs guy, for sure. I but feel like is, certain meats you want... You know, a little bit more fatty. Absolutely. Others, like if you're you doing want a little a pork more shoulder, right? You want right. some fat in there, right? 100%. But 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 for the rib, nah, 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 let's lean that one out a little bit. Let me get that meat. Yeah, I think that's what's. How do you come down on that conversation with uh, fillet versus ribeye? Well, it depends on my vibe. Like, it depends early, on what you're in the mood. Yeah, for. like I used to always only go ribeye because I didn't really care about the healthy element of I just wanted the flavor. Obviously, with the the fat and how you could caramelize it, and, and it's just more robust. It's a good chunk of meat. But the fillet is like. I don't know, it's more lean, but I feel like it's also more bougie, too. Like, everybody gets the, oh, it's the filet. Are you going to butterfly it? Ooh, la, la. Ooh. And my wife, you know what I mean? She always gets the filet. So I'm always like, I, I, I'm not going to order a filet. That's, I look at the filet, it's like, that's, that's what, I don't want to say that's what the women eat, but it's like, my wife and my daughters, they get the filet. So I get the rib out. If I want to get a flag, give me a porter. You to know, everyone who's but not even that. It's just, you know, to everyone who's listening, I I get the. I don't care about the. I'll, I'll wear a pink dress and I'll go eat my fillet, baby. It's all In good. fact, I'm going to Hyde Park it's and I'm good. getting the steak Rooney. It's all good. Which is the 12 ounce fillet with the lobster on it as well, too. Can't Ooh. go wrong with that. If Mr. Yeah. Rooney has the fillet named after him. It's all good. I'm straight. Yeah. 
Like I said, that's my no, opinion. It's just, it's yeah. just all, and you know what? It's just funny. The, the two things that you and I talk about the most on this show, other than football, I feel like are food and music. Yeah. And those are the two things. There's no right or wrong in food and music. You mm. just like what you like. Right. It's no different than art. It's like, man, I might think this is the most beautiful thing ever. You might hate it. And that's completely fine. That's the we always say like there's no right or wrong. We always say, man, if we could get that concept on a global scale, it'd be a lot better. Oh, Instead buddy. of it always has to be black and white. Oh, this buddy. is right, this is wrong. If you don't agree with me, your opinion is the worst thing ever, and I hate you as a person. Like, no, it just means they have a different opinion. That's it. Sounds like a campaign <sighs> speech to but me. But I but I digress. Euler and Moats 2024. Wait, no, scratch that. I don't want to be president. That's nah. what Moats and Euler 2024. I'll let him do all the work and get all the criticism. I'll just fly under the radar. I told you, man. They I'll, don't, take, I'll take the Air Force they, One they to Mortar Town enough. every weekend, and I'll just fly under the I radar. I looked up the president's salary. They don't pay enough. I am all the way cool on that job. <laughs> Thrash tweets, Wes hasn't said good afternoon and asked how we've been doing in a while. What's up with that? That's the weird format now, man. We've changed some things. Yeah, we the format's played, we different. We haven't played Sam Cooke in a while. Yeah. But it's the no, new format. We'll it's, the, it's the new format. Listen, the new we'll format for right now. We'll be back. This is, we're off season podcast we'll, right now. We'll be asking how your afternoon's going. Yeah. We'll be playing Sam mm-hmm. Cook. You got you time. Know, you got time. Just it, enjoy the podcast format. It's, it's, <laughs> the, it's the duality of the show, right? Absolutely. Jason wants to know if the Steelers. So in our, our situation that played out, right? Steelers don't take a running back in the first round. But what if Javante Williams wasn't available as well, right? So what right. if they do, they go somewhere other than running back in the first round, and then the top three, the big three guys, aren't available in the second round? What position group do you think they would most likely target if it wasn't running back there? Hmm. Oh. Well, if they went offensive line in the first round, right. probably not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, say. Yeah. Say they go, say a guy like J.C. Horn is there and they mm-hmm. take him. Then I think it would be second round, yeah. right? Um, maybe linebacker too as well. Edge, edge I could, or I could off see ball. A, I could definitely see a linebacker. Edge or And off we ball. talked about some of the guys who are available. It just depends on, like I said, really that first round pick. That's that's the one. Because I feel like you have to flip it, that right? Sets, if, if, it you didn't, yeah, if you didn't right? If you go Zayvon Collins, for example, at 24, well, now you're thinking, all right, if these running backs aren't there, you got to go O-line. got to go that route. Jason, I like this. That's, that's a good one. That's a good too. one. That's a good, too. one. That's a good one. Makes me think a little bit. Jason also adds, uh, as a side note, Chase Claypool seems like he's been pretty quiet recently. Guess he decided to take your guys' advice. <laughs> just, just, yes. just be quiet for a little bit. Yes. Just, I think he posted the Jordan endorsement. Just, After that, he was chill some more. Just fly under the radar, yeah, he, baby. He had like some. It was like a new like Jordan picture he had to post, and I think that was it. And I was like, good. You know, everybody's good. already. Did you see that ex Oakland Raider who got in a fight at Costco? No, they said it wasn't him. They said it wasn't him, though. Oh, really? They said it wasn't him. Yeah, yeah, Bruce Bruce Carter, yeah. You're fact-checking me. Yeah, they said it wasn't him. I did see that. I was going to say, that big dude else is already out there doing something. Yeah. But just think, I mean, in the NFL, he ain't got to look far. Deshaun Watson thing going on right now. Not just the – oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the big bombshell, right? Nike dropped it or paused okay. the endorsement. So I'm, okay, so we're, we're up against it here, and, and, and I do want to get your take on this because I talked about this. You know what? It's funny. I meant to. I had this in my notes, and I totally forgot until you just said this. This is something that I talked about on the solo show that I do on ESPN Pittsburgh yesterday. Wanted to get your take on uh, to get us out of here. Is there smoke, there's fire with that Nike decision? Because I know these are all different, right? No, they're not all different. You, I know exactly where you're going with this thing. Tiger Woods, mm-hmm. Kobe. Kaepernick. Kaepernick. Yeah. I, 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 am I assuming too much? 
No. With with the where there's smoke, there's fire. With Nike it's suspending the their endorsement deal when they stood by these yeah, other they guys. they stood by other guys. And who again, had, Kaepernick uh, wasn't wasn't you know but, sexual but, assault but no, is no, no. different than this is the thing though. I know people are going to say wow to this, but that only became that in terms of sexual assault being more than Kaepernick this year. In the last few years. A year ago? Correct. Two years ago? Correct. People were out here like, man, any of these other guys could play except Kaepernick because he took a knee. Correct. So I'm not even going to agree no, with you no, with that great, statement because for a fact it was not even close. That's a great point by you. Not even close. And for Nike to stand by him through that, through you think about the turmoil publicly – what Deshaun Watson is receiving right now still isn't even a fraction even close. of what Kaepernick dealt with. Same not even with, a fraction with, of it. with Kobe. Exactly. And with Tiger, too. And while, hey, like, while publicly, while like publicly having dozens of affairs on your yeah. wife is morally wrong, again, Tiger Woods was committing no crimes. Uh-huh. So that's my thing. Yeah, For Nike no, to say— it's a, it's a great point by and, you. And it's not like Nike waited until a judgment was given out or a settlement was given out. They're making a decision now. To me, I'm just like Nike has information that oh, we clearly don't because have. Because they're like the NFL, right? Like, oh, they're going to do their own, own investigation. People. They've yes, done their indeed. own investigation. Yes, they've got the power. They've got the yes. reach. They've got ears and the, the eyeballs NFL, everywhere. The NFL is the only multi-billion-dollar yeah. company out there. Nike, yeah. they operate the same way. They're doing their research. They got their own PIs. Without they got their own private yes. investigators out there. It's a reason why yeah. when they did the big Kaepernick rollout, they did it when they did it. They they already knew how they were going to handle that situation. They doing this. They're doing it for a reason, man. Joseph says, love the LeVon Kirkland shout. One of the biggest reasons why me, a kid from Chicago, is a diehard Steelers fan. Love me, the big 99. Mm-hmm. We love everybody who participated this week. Thank you guys, as always. Great stuff. Uh, Sensei adding here, too. You guys got to get to a Garth Brooks concert in Pittsburgh. Oh, All right, yeah, yeah, Sign yeah, me true. up, baby. Garth's sign, cool. Yeah, sign yeah, me up. I'm in. Garth Definitely Brooks is a, I've got friends Yeah, that's the, that's the rhinestone cowboy too, right? Places did, where did, did the whiskey drown. I feel like he did. I think so. Yeah. And the bear chases my, oh wait, actually. No. No, that's, I'm singing a, or wait, is that, that is, no, friends in low, I always get, uh, George Strait and Garth Brooks, I always get confused, mm-hmm. but Garth Brooks is, you're right, friends in low places. And the thunder rolls. That's, that's yeah, yeah, right. And then George Strait is. Yeah. I ain't here for a long yes. time. I'm here for a good time. Mm-hmm. Hell with the red wine. <laughs> Bring me some moonshine. I think that's what it says at the entrance of all the tailgate lots in Morgantown, Motsi. Hell with the red wine. Bring me the moonshine. Gotta Morgantown, have the moonshine. The moonshine. Big thanks to Brian Backo for joining us today. As always, a big shout to my guy Arthur Motes. We're on the microphone all week, and I know I said it already, but thanks to everybody who participated on Twitter. We, uh, you guys know that we love uh, just the feedback from you guys, the jokes, the sports takes, the foods, questions, everything. It's part of what makes this Blitz family so much fun. We'll be back next week, one week closer to the NFL draft. Arthur Mode says April I'm so continues as we're staring down April 29th in Cleveland. Cleveland never rocked, but they do have the NFL draft three mm-hmm. weeks from today. <laughs> so you know where to find us next week. We'll holler at you on Tuesday. As always, high noon. On your 24-7, home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.